Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Well, can you believe, would you believe, it's April Fool's Day, 2023 already. Seems like we just had New Year's, but here we are. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. I have one poignant question about April Fool's Day. Why don't they have elections on April 1st? Wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of joking. Obviously. Are you referring to the clown shows, which are our state legislatures and federal government? Yes, I am. But you're moment. not allowed to make fun of them anymore. Somebody come up and punch you in the face. Oh, my gosh. And then they, they'll applaud it as well. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm not sure if you've got any kind of family traditions around the 1st of April. But um, I did want to say this is interesting to the whole um, timeline, right? We're in that spring now. We're in the first week of April, the first day of April for that matter, my birthday month, by the way. Um, and my wife has been like bent. She's like the, all this deep rabbit holes around timelines. And you think about it. Most historians think that Christ was born in the spring based on travel to Egypt and in the manger and when they were found him with the Magi and whatever. Right. And then you think about all the uh, the different times where really the spring is when when the time began. Right. And she's doing these research on uh, the Ethiopian calendar. Ethiopian calendar uh, is about um, seven years behind ours. You know, they're the only one in the world that follows a calendar. They're 2017 right now. Okay. They talk about the, the Mayan and the Egyptian and that kind of calendar was 28 days and whatever. She's really into this stuff. And she's like, this is weird. I mean, this time thing is weird. What if, and then they go into the, the months, right? September 7, right? But yet we, it's ninth month, right? October 10, oct, eight, 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 sorry. Is that our 10th month? Uh, deck, which is 10, which is our 12th month. So what's up with our timeline, brother? I think there's a, this, the way we do things is like, oh, okay. Um, maybe, maybe you and I are celebrating a brand new happy new year now instead of a, the April 1st, huh? I seem to remember that, um, the Passover when uh, Moses was uh, first practicing it, the Lord said, this is the this is the beginning of the year for you. And that mm -hmm. Passover is coming up here in about two weeks. Exactly. So right. you, could, you could be maybe just possibly hitting the nail right on the head, brother. I, I've never actually seen you do that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You do, all the time. you do it all the time. Bro. It's great. No, that's, a, it's, that's a fascinating a fascinating thing, right? Because you got the little baby, everybody gets the little baby chicks and the little duckies are following around behind their moms. And yeah, spring. Interesting stuff too. When you think about, you know, the, the history of things and how the, the things have adopted, right? You know, the Bible, God talks about the seventh day, the Sabbath, right? And Jewish celebrate Friday night to Saturday, right? Um, where did the Sunday worship come from, right? Well, turns out it was in 1532. It was the Pope at the time says that we're going to celebrate Sunday as the holy day of the week. And I'm like, oh, okay. Knowing the history of this, why is that, right? Well, there was a, a Roman or uh, holiday that celebrated sun, the sun god, right? And it was already celebrated on a Sunday, so they adopted it as a 
the day to worship God. It's just, it's interesting when you started diving into this, like, why would you do this? Right. Well, it, it was pretty common in the new Testament that they met on the first day of the week. So mm-hmm. that, that wasn't something that Rome came up with. And, you right. know, it was really the Christians celebrated the resurrection, right? We, mm-hmm. we were like, Hey, cause it was early on the first day of the week that Jesus came back uh, from his trip to hell, which did not go well for the devil, by oh. the way, while he was down there, he did a much damage. Yes. Took some keys. I remember if I remember call. Uh, keys of death and life. Yeah, I got yeah. back. It was yeah. great. Um, but it's a exactly. fascinating, uh, fascinating thing. But um, you know, as we're getting into times and seasons and and things like that, there definitely is a shift in the spiritual thing. And a lot of that, of course, is being emphasized, you know, particularly this week with this horrific shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, there's been a shift in the battle. Um, you know, between truth and, and lies, you know, and, um, I've been listening to, uh, Tucker Carlson as, as Mm. my habit. So to do and, uh, talking, uh, he, he really put it kind of succinctly brother. It's like Christians by their nature and by their religion realize they are not God. Yes. Trans, Trans people believe that they are God, that they have power over nature and they can even change their gender at will. And things like that. So I saw ultimately that. you see that, yeah. that you yep. see that there's going to be a conflict between because you can't say that I'm not God. You can't say that I'm not him, her, she, it, them, whatever. Right. Yes. You have to you have to bow the knee. You have to pay homage to me as the God that's in this room right now. And um, and that's a you know. I, do you see that as being all part of this end times thing, brother? Oh, hundred percent. You and I have talked about spiritual war for a long time. And I don't know if this is a shift. I think this is a speeding up, uh, a, a coming, you know, when you come close to the end, how things acceleration, yeah. acceleration, exactly right. So it's accelerating to a point, which we know we've been predicting, if you will. But I heard, I saw the episode with Tucker as well. And I, I applaud him for calling it what it is. He was saying they think they're God. And of course, people, oh, they don't think that. No, no. If you believe that the nature, you weren't created male or female as God, that that God is the only one that can dictate that. They, they created you in the mother's womb. If you reject that and say, no, I can change my gender, you're basically saying that you supersede the natural order. You supersede God's order, but therefore you're a God. Um, that well, they is, also believe they can change the climate. Yeah. Right. The weather, right. Do they really believe that? I'm sure many of them do. I don't think many of the politicians do. I think they believe it's a way. They got their own QAnon. It's Joe Bill. Yeah. Well, Bill and to influence and control us citizens about this. First of all, you and I know, uh, first know, um, we pray for the families that lost their children, the three Terrible children. I, I mourn for days, brother. This, this, uh, this is an adult, a 28 year old adult trans female, whatever it is, Um, a biological female. Yes. Supposedly identifying as a trans man. And, and they still don't want to reveal the manifesto and the motivation. Um, and they're not investigating this as a hate crime, which it obviously is a hate crime. Yes. I mean, who, who murders children? Who could stand there? What, how could you stand there and kill a nine-year-old? She was a former student, but they're now 28. Think about this. This is grade school. Okay. Yeah. Middle school. She's been out of school for a long time. 
Um, so what was this that she came in? One of the daughter, one of the girls that was killed is the pastor's daughter. You know, and is that coincidence? Is it intentional? Like you said, the police had immediately a uh, possession of a manifesto, which they will not release to the press. Um, because you know, it probably doesn't fit the narrative that they're talking about. But here's a person who probably has either the drugs on board, the gender affirming drugs, whatever it is, or this hate. Um, this is a hate crime against Christians, and they won't call it that because it's almost you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, okay to go after Christians, to go after families like this. When you have the president of the United States, it, uh, Joe Biden, if you know, and it comes out after this tragic shooting. And cracking jokes, brother. Talks about ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. I got a freezer full of, boy, you don't believe me. You, you know, whatever. I'm like, what is that? Watch the the video. Uh, Before he even talks about ice cream, he talks about, hey, you guys are a bunch of good looking kids back there. Talks about that. And he talks about, uh, hey, I came down here just for ice cream. And then he talks about, oh, this tragic thing and how we have to push gun control. Are you kidding me? What about our prayers go out to the family? I'll, we'll do everything we can to get to the bottom of this. We'll figure out, you know, why this person did this, right? This is like all, four- all is revealed. Yes. All, all is revealed, bro. It's all revealed and it's been revealed and it's on display and it's public. And will you know, at some point, <laughs> um, I believe the divide between those that know the Lord and those that don't is going to increasingly get sharper and sharper and sharper. And you're not going to be able to stand on it. The somebody uh, said years ago, the fence is going to get so narrow, it's going to turn into a razor blade. And if you try to stand on it, it's going to cut you in half. I heard Mario Murillo say, you know, the most dangerous place to be is the middle of the road. Yep. You know, get on the right or get right or get left. The fence belongs (laughs) to the devil as well. If you don't know that. So that's another one. It is another one. Remember a couple years ago, 2020, Chaz and Chop in Seattle, where Antifa, Black Lives Matter, took over whole city blocks. Um, the East Precinct was emptied out. All of this stuff, right? We had the riots all across the country, Black Lives Matter. The federal courthouse in, in Portland was sieged. You know, on and on and on, right? Oh, that, those are mostly peaceful, right? Then we have the whole January 6th thing with... Uh, People picking up brochures, walking right. through, staying behind the ropes. Still incarcerated, <laughs> still in prison, um, but no uh, constitutional rights. I mean, it, the, the, it's completely opposite, right? Uh, the justice is applied differently, of course. Uh, so now we have this tragedy in Nashville. You have um, this push to politicize things around guns. And then you have all this stuff, the background noise, where they're having this day of vengeance that was planned before this event, still going on. You have conservatives. Seattle, they call it the day of rage. Day of rage, yeah. The day, uh, uh, so this trans community, there are videos now of the trans community encouraging trans people to get firearms uh, to defend, quote unquote, defend themselves. There was a video that I saw just today that showed a, a um, group of trans activists saying how they hate, <laughs> they're out to get Christianity, but Christianity, quote unquote, hates them and whatever. And it's violent. It's vitriol. It looks like the Black Lives Matter. It looks like the Antifa type methods. So it shouldn't be a surprise this happened. 
But this has been, they're using this just like the corporations and the uh, political left used the Black Lives Matter movement and the riots to their own advantage and excuse them away. They're using this to advance their agenda as well, to take away some of our control, to advance their narrative as well, using this group of people as, you know, a target, if you will, or a, a group to advance. And it's, it's strictly, I mean, obviously, as Tucker said, and, uh, in opposition to our very beliefs. And his point about the fact that we can't change who we are. We know we're not God. We know we've fallen short. We know by grace we have God, but we believe only God uh, has ordained marriage. Only God has ordained, you know, made us in our mother's womb. That's why we're pro-life and all that stuff. Uh, and the left, the trans movement wants us to deny that, literally deny our very belief system and to affirm, to agree with them that they can change their gender. And it's bigger than that. So it's really is deny your faith, bow the knee, if you will, to this woke agenda out of fear. And to your point, as we started the show, it's time again, um, where our courage and our faith is going to be tested as the world is getting more dangerous. So it's time for us to put on the full armor, if you will, and be vigilant. Don't you think brother? Yeah. And what is our response? You know, as I'm listening to you, um, what, what does Jesus want? You know, that you'll think, what, what would Jesus do? That's sort of like, as if Jesus isn't, if, if, if Jesus were really real, what would he do? No, what Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. What does he want? And I can tell you in John three sixteen, it plainly states that the God so loves the world. Right. And mm-hmm. so how can we be, you know, as, as gentle as doves and wise as serpents, brother, how can we, how can we love them? And, you know, because there's not going to be, um, you know, you just can't take a broad brush, right. And say trans people are this, right. That's that then we be, we do become, um, you know, stereotypers, that type of thing. And so in an individual one-on-one way, how do we love the trans community and yet still say, no, that ain't right. But still we, we, we love you, mm-hmm. but you know, we're not going to pretend like you're the other gender um, and sharing your delusion or whatever, but we love you and Jesus loves you. And you know, why don't you say Jesus come into my heart? Right. Right. Why don't you uh, why don't you ask him to, you know, all that stuff you're looking for is in him. All those things, you know, so do you ever watch the the prequel to the in the Star Wars thing? Everything that everything that um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anakin Skywalker was looking for was available to him. Yes. But he kept going to the thinking he had to help it or he had to go to. The, and so it he ends up at the dark side yep. trying to get something that the dark side was saying that they had, but they didn't have it. But it, it was all it was in the light. And so, you know, just the whole thing. I was just like, yeah, um, that's so life, the, right? The I devil invite, keeps trying to yeah. promise you that you're going to get happy if you could change your gender, if you could do this, if you could do that. And and then, then they get it. Let's say they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like Christmas morning, man. You get everything you want. And for like. You know, an hour or a couple of hours, you're like happy. And then like three or four hours later, you're like, well, is that all there is? 
you know, I kind or, of wore out. I cut the Xbox isn't that much fun now, you or, know, or whatever. Yeah, it's not what I expected it to be, or yeah. happen. And th- you know, that's one of the things they say that really comes up again and again about you know champions like uh, ch- basketball champions, Super Bowl champions. They win national championship, worldwide championship, and they're elated. But the next day, they're like, "Wow, this isn't." You know, I'm still the same person. <laughs> yeah, I got a Super Bowl ring, but. I'm going to get two. I'm going to get three, whatever. You know, it's it's a drive because it's not enough. Doesn't fill the void of what they're looking for. Doesn't satisfy them. Doug, let's say I invited you and your lovely wife over for dinner, right? Um, we I'll love you. There. We, we love you guys. We have you over for dinner. And, and you show up and say, you know what? I don't like the way you um, decorate your house. I want to change it. Um, I don't like the food you're serving me. I don't want to change it. We, we, by us saying, no, no, if you want to come, you can just come to our house. We're going to love on you, but we're not going to change our drapery for you. We're not going to change the food for you. You, you know, some people like that. It's on a very small scale. This is what's happening. You say love uh, is trans community. And we do. We invite to come, come be a part of this thing called Christianity. Come be a part and love on, we'll love on you where, where you are so that you know the saving grace of God. But we're not going to change the teaching. We're not going to read a different Bible. We're not going to change what the word of God says. We're not going to change the drapery to be more friendly to you. We're going to love you the where you are, but we're not going to change what we believe. It's just, it's that type of thing where it is, this, they're opposing thoughts. You know, we, we want to love, we want to uh, witness to, I think there's a great opportunity in the LGBTQ IS and so forth uh, trans community to witness. But there's this very idea, we, you and I talked about this for a while, but this is different. You know, the, the, what you do with your own sexuality, you know, uh, your choice, obviously will pray for you and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and God will work on your heart. We know he does. This though, the, this whole trans, not only is it, it, it's a mental thing where people are under assault, um, but it, it threatens everything. I mean, women's sports, right? When, you, when you, you can't consciously say, you know, it's fair for a man that is stronger to compete against women, right? So all Why they the, had yeah. women's sports in the first place. It's, I mean, they spent many years to do it, right? Right. right. And so then this complex, so like, oh, okay. Like Tucker said, now you think you're God. Oh, okay. And you and I talked about the whole time. Would it be the communist movement? The the it's all about what is the opposite of God, right? The antichrist, the anti whatever, you know, the atheists, the nons, and so forth. This falls down. We we had a conversation. I don't know a month ago where they were they were adding the black stripe to the LGBTQ flag for Satanism, right? That was part of the next layer. Once again, it's got to be anti-God, right? It can't be the belief. Saul Alinsky dedicated his book, Real Radicals, to to Satan because he was the original rebel, right? He was the, the right. guy that didn't, he'd question, the, you know, whatever. It's it's one of those things is, is you can't, even as a lukewarm or person that goes to church once every once in a while, you go, wow, this really is looking very spiritual-like. I mean, they're very open about blah, 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 blah. And then uh, it's going to take more, more belief, more conviction, if you will, in the coming days to say, no, I believe the Bible. I believe what God says. I don't know. I I didn't write it. He did. There's, there's (laughs) been an interesting um, undercurrent in the circles that I run in. 
brother. And I know you run in a lot of the same circles, but there's been an increasing emphasis on spiritual warfare. And when I say spiritual warfare, I'm talking about casting out devils, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there's even even on the news that I was listening to this week with Tucker, they were saying this is demonic. So they're even saying this is demonic in in public on the news. Now, back in the I want to say late 80s, early 90s, there was a big emphasis on spiritual warfare. Matter of fact, uh, I we had a guest on the program a couple of years ago that I brought back um, who had written a book called the believer's guide to spiritual warfare, very, very reasoned guide to dealing with the demonic spirits. And this guy's like, not, you know, he was not like a crazed Pentecostal or anything. He was like more like a Baptist guy that just started running into him, you know, and they'd manifest and he just like, well, Bible says I can bind you and cast you. I sort of started doing it, wrote a book about it. We had Frank Peretti had his book, right, This Present right. Darkness and Piercing the Darkness. I read both of those twice. Me too. Uh, they that. helped me through a tough time. I feel like, you know, what I went through uh, as a as a teenager and stuff like that, there were definitely demonic strongholds in my own life. And I didn't realize what I was dealing with. But when I read that book, I realized, hey, this is describing some of the things that I have problems with, nightmares and different things, right? And so uh, I started like, in the name of Jesus, go and went into a new sense of freedom. And then um, you'll probably remember, I think the late 90s, early 2000s, we had the cleansing streams. Remember cleansing streams? I think you even did. Some I of was that, an right? instructor. So, That's right. Yeah. And that was about spiritual warfare, right? Getting free from soul ties and demonic things and, um, you know, and but very reasonable, very calm, not you know, demon behind every bush stuff. No, no. It's just understanding there were certain things like shame, certain things like uh, sexual sin that uh, actually had big impact on you. And I know I told you the story before, but I remember um, going through a cleansing stream class. It was a big four square thing. And then it went multi denominational as well. And the, the idea was you'd study the Bible. You study the, the tools about not speaking curses over yourself, about how to break curses, about being in proper alignment with God, with your husband, your wife, and your children, and all these about spiritual warfare, about spiritual um, authority, if you will. And then you culminated this with a weekend long retreat where you would go through what you learned. Basically, you would worship and then you would go in and you would confess a sin, ask, repent, you know, break it in, in the name of Jesus and so on. And it was really powerful. And so we went through this a couple of times and then we were asked to be the leaders of it. And, and we were bringing uh, a group of our church members through. And so this is my third time through this process, twice as a participant, once as a leader. And we're pretty young. We're pretty young uh, spiritually, pretty young uh, physically as well. And I remember going, well, I just felt prompted to go, go up again for prayer, uh, specifically for soul ties, to your point. And I'd been there twice already, so there's nobody else I had to confess. There's nothing else. I'm like, okay. But I really felt convicted, Lord, to go, to go up and do it again. And brother, I this is one of those things where um, I'm a believer. I'm on fire for God and the whole bit. I get up there. Lord prompts me a name that I'd been with when I was young or whatever. And I asked for forgiveness. I broke that um, soul tie in the name of Jesus and healed it, whatever. Right. And literally I felt chains fall off. It was like they were hanging on by a thread. I felt like 10 pounds lighter. And I was like, I was free. 
I was set free from something I didn't even know I was be carrying around, brother. Uh, it was powerful. And so to your point, um, I was already free. I was already saved, but I was set free of that bondage, that weight that I've been carrying because of my choices in the past. Right. I just powerful stuff. So to your point, I think that's a great thing for the future. People are weighted down now with a lot of stuff like that. Soul ties, spiritual curses, curses. They, they don't even know they have generational family and so forth that uh, there's with this revival happening now and the darkness and the spiritual warfare to your point, it may be a great time to see a lot of people getting set free. The, if you remember when, when I wanted to bring Tom white on the program and, and we were talking about his book that he'd written back in like 1989 or whatever it was. And um, it was because the, I felt the Lord said that we're not supposed to move on from things. We're supposed to, to build on things. Right. So he brought an emphasis about spiritual warfare with Frank Pretty's books. And there was just, there was a lot of things that culminated at the same time, right? It ended up with cleansing streams and other, these other things. And so we don't want to, um, you know, in my garage, I have a toolbox, right? And not every tool's a hammer, right? I've got crescent wrenches. I've got socket sets. I've got open end wrenches, box end wrenches. I've got Phillips head screwdrivers, straight screwdrivers. I got those little star things. What, why, you know, why do I, I don't use a chainsaw on my cooling system in my car. I use a chainsaw on the wood, right? You use the right tool for the job. You don't and use God a, is uh, giving us all of, <laughs> God is giving us all these tools and, you know, older guys like you and I that have been around and been through some things, we've got to remind the church, the body, hey, what about cleansing streams? What about what about promise keepers? Right. Mm-hmm. There's a real problem with marriages and things like that. What about that? You know, we we didn't want to just, hey, promise keepers was this thing we did and men were like men and blah, blah, blah. No, we want to can we want to still want to have that. Right. We want to still be promise keepers. We still want to be cleansing stream people. We still want to be charismatics. We still all of the different things. Right. There was such an emphasis on the prophetic. And now the prophetic is like, you know, it's almost like mainstream. Right. It's like normal. Right. And then and 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 so we're not we're not freaked out by tongues. We're not freaked out by the prophetic. We're not freaked out by this stuff anymore. And I think that's what the Lord's trying to remind us about in this whole idea of spiritual warfare because right this this community they're dealing with that this is yes. doctrines of demons yes so remember a few years i mean uh, speaking of promise keepers i went to the um safeco field for a promise keepers event how cool i mean literally forty thousand men praising jesus right it was a fantastic event and i remember going out and buying a bunch of books and whatever and not a single one of them could sing on key well, especially me, you know, like, it was great. But, I remember those promise keeper events. I'm like, if they hit the right note, it's going to be the, a miracle from heaven. <laughs> exactly right. Think about this, though. Just a couple of years ago, our good friend Dave over there in Pierce County, uh, McMullen and I were going to do a men's retreat, a Christian men's retreat from a political sort of uh, getting political and Christian worlds together and doing whatever. And the amount of pushback we got, not just from the left, but from the right. You can't do this. You're all Christian. It wasn't OK. It was fine for a women's retreat, but for a men's retreat. And then it reminds me now how much that is needed. 
how much do you, you need uh, a group of men to be strong in their community, a group of men to praise Jesus. You know, it really, there's men's ministry everywhere, but to actually do a special thing like that, that is, you're going to, there's a, a battle against it because we know it's effective, brother. Testosterone is a very powerful uh, chemical. And yes. I think we need to get together and talk about ways to keep that in check, <laughs> you know, to use it in its proper way, right? Testosterone, right. you know, when you get married and uh, you have this great outlet for testosterone, um, if you don't have a job and you're not taking care of your family, your testosterone is not being used correctly, you know? And I just loved uh, love and respect uh, with the, you know, they had the red microphone and the the pink headphones and all this, you know, talking about men and women and stuff like that. And he's like, ladies, you have you have the power to direct testosterone <laughs> by by your consent and stuff like that. He's talking about my wife's like, go kill the spiders. And he's like, well, I will kill the spiders. And she's like, well, no sex until you kill the spiders. <laughs> He said, didn't take him but a couple of days. He's out there killing all the spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I'm not, I'm not recommending women that you, you know, do manipulate your guy like that. But let's just say, um, I think being a man is a great thing. And I think being a woman is a great thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've, went by a women's retreat a time or two because my wife forgot her toothbrush or whatever. Right. They sing in key, brother. Well, yeah, most of them do. That's good. <laughs> For the most part. It's usually like, wow, they sound like angels. The guys sound like a bunch of lumberjacks, right? So um, there are differences. Yeah, there are. And, and we need to celebrate the differences. And this idea that somehow men, uh, you know, this toxic masculinity, of course, is the thing that they, they do this kind of thing. Um, you know, I refuse to wear their label, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's not toxics. It's, it's life. This is how we are designed. We are hunters, gatherers, protectors, providers. Mm -hmm. uh, I like dirt bikes, brother. I, I like to go fast <laughs> and jump logs and I don't like to fall. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but occasionally, you know, that happens or whatever. I like, I like to, I, I like to go you. out and, you know, get dirty. You know, I remember my son, he was uh, off doing something and he came over to visit one time and he's like, is there something we can we work on the car? <laughs> he's like, I'm like, yeah, we could put new spark plugs in it. <laughs> and he's like, I need to get dirty, dad. And I was like, yeah, I raised you right, son. Um, you it. change the spark plugs. I'm going to get a lemonade. Right. Um, but, uh, but just, I know that feeling, right? That's one of the reasons why him and I like our dirt bikes, right? We're always tinkering with them, messing with them, trying to tune them up and, and make them faster, make them, you know, just more comfortable, whatever. But it's this, it's what men do, right? We fix things and we, we, we do things and we, we accomplish things and like women, women nurture and they, they, yeah. they, they, they nest and they, they build security and they, they, they add beauty. Right. I mean, dang, man, if the, you know, if you remember the difference between a bachelor pad and the house you live in now, oh. it's way better. The house you live in now is better. <laughs> I don't, I never even saw your bachelor pad, but I know because <laughs> yours was it, like mine. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a nice bachelor pad. No, I'm joking. Yeah, but I mean, but we would yeah. buy toilet paper based on price. 
Right. And, you know, it could have wood chips in it and stuff like that. No, the woman never going to put up with that. <laughs> you know, so I'm just saying softness, yes. beauty, uh, you know, tenderness, uh, nurturing, you mm-hmm. know, there, there's so much wonderful things. Um, and there's more than that. You know, there's intelligence, there's thoughtfulness, there's, you know, making decisions based on, you know, caring mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, strict logic. And, um, but you need both, right? We have to have, you know, we complement each other as people and, you know, as a couple and all that. And, um, so let's do it. Let's do a, let's do a men's retreat. Let's do it in Colorado. There we go. (laughs) Why Colorado? (laughs) Because they got the Rockies, man. There we go. (laughs) It's something about the Rockies. It's just like, yeah, I want to go to the Rockies and have a men's retreat. You think about the two sets of lives here. First of all, uh, the, the feminist movement. Right. You know, you have been downtrodden. Men are a burden. You can do it on your own. Remember the whole the commercial back when we were younger, but kids like I can bring home the bacon. I can fry it up in the pan. Right. It's a late commercial. Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea of women empowerment, it all sounds good. Right. And then you think, well, now I have to work. Then I have one equal pay and then all this kind of stuff. OK, great. Well, now you're at home. Now the kids are in daycare. Right. And then there's this, oh, men are too toxic. Men are too masculine. So you have men that are are focused on things they shouldn't be. Like you said, not t- protecting, caring for or whatever. Um, now out, out running the streets. You have women now that are tr- becoming men because that's the empowerment movement. Right. And you have to break down the families. What a life in the pit of hell, brother. Um, well, and then the women's movement has been put pushed back you know, a hundred years because of, you know, yeah. men swimming and girls swimming. Yeah, as you follow this lie along though, the fulfillment of it is actually diminishing the um, women, right. Yeah. Uh, versus, versus freeing them up. It was told, they were told this lie that's going to free them. And it actually in, you know, basically to diminish them and enslave them. So it's just amazing to me uh, how lies and truth, like you said, it's all being revealed. I think if, if a woman wants to do things, be an astronaut, be a Mm -hmm. race car driver, you know, typical men, men, you know, in the past, anyway, it was kind of a men's thing. Right. And, and they want to go for it and it's because it's in their heart and they're good at it and they excel at it and, and they want it, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's great. You know, I have four daughters, bro. Mm -hmm. So, um, but if they don't want to, why should they be? forced into it? Why should they be pushed into it? Why should they be belittled? You know, my wife has worked jobs. She's, she works in our business and all that, but the greatest portion of our children's upbringing, she was stay home mom. And we struggled financially because I had, it was like, whatever I made, I mean, I'm not saying like she did, she would like babysit or she, you know, do that, that kind of stuff. But the focus was on the kids, the yes. kids are important. We even homeschool brother. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can't, you can't work a full-time gig and homeschool your kids. It don't so work. You no, you got so, to do it right. You have to be dedicated and focused on it. And it is a sacrifice. Um, the many people that homeschool their kids, um, God bless you because you're doing what's best for your kids. Uh, and if the ones they can't, we understand this, but this, this idea, right. Um, and that's the thing that de- the devaluing of yes. parenthood yes. is the other thing that I think is really tragic. And I read it in the Bible this morning where Jesus said, you know, 
let the little children come unto me for such the kingdom of heaven. Unless you're like one of them, you can't even get in. Mm -hmm. And this missing out, you know, I have adult children that are telling me, oh, we don't think we want to have kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, why would you want to miss out on the greatest part of life? The greatest thing that your mother and I ever did was have you. And, and now you don't want to have that same thing where you're going to have your little ones and watch them and see them. You know, I mean, I remember walking Courtney down the aisle and just so, I mean, it was so sweet brother, but it was sad because she's grown up, but it was sweet in that this is, this was the goal, right? right? This was right. to, to, to make this wonderful woman that is going to, meet and fall in love with this wonderful man. And now they're saying, well, we don't know if we want to have kids. And I'm like, you guys will pray. You know, so, yeah, I mean, and, and you just want to be like, but see, that's cultural, yeah. right? They're yeah. going with the culture. Hey, if yeah. we have double incomes, no kids, we can take trips. We can go do all this stuff. Yeah. And then you can get to be 40, 50, 60 years old and go, we just wasted our lives. We have two sets of friends that are our age, no kids, never wanted them. And they do travel. They do have fun, but there's regret. Because they're too old, they can adopt. Obviously, uh, people have uh, kids in their late life, but there is this thing where we're designed to multiply, designed to uh, generationally bless, to make a difference in this world by the kids and the people we raise. And there is a problem where our population, the birth rate, is diminishing worldwide, especially in developed countries. I want to finish the thought on on women, though, and to your point. Uh, if any one of our daughters or any women out there want to go and, and succeed, we are 100% behind you. This is this, this is the difference, though. If they want to be an astronaut, they want to be a race car driver. If women want to play in men's sports, understanding that men are, are, are stronger physically and they can compete in men's sports, there's not a person in this world would have a problem with that. The problem is when you have physically stronger men going into women's sports, that's Un, that's naturally unfair. It is unnatural, right? If women, some women are, are strong and physical, right? It's the argument of being on the front line when they allow women on the infantry, right? What the basic duty of the infantry was, can you carry a fully armored soldier out of the battlefield? You know, that was the prerequisite. If you're a strong enough female to do so, it, typically there aren't that many that are, then you're more empowered to do it, right? But we have this built-in defensive mechanism as men saying, we want to protect our women. We don't want to put them in harm's way, you know? So there's a big difference. Just cheer them on, equal access, equal opportunity, go get it, but also protect them from those that want to take advantage of them. Yeah, well, and why do we belittle them or ridicule them or in other, in other words, disparage them because of their natural desire to want to raise a family or their natural desire to, to love their home, to their husband, to love their home and to their kids and to have a life, you know, that's meaningful. And, um, and so this, you know, we, we have this entire group of people that apologizes for that. And when I'm not apologizing for being a guy, I'm not apologizing because I like guns and I like motorcycles and I like four wheel drive pickups. And, you know, I mean, all that stuff, right. That's, you know, people are like, dude, you gotta get a nice truck. I'm like, yeah, that's my truck. You know, I'm a truck guy, right. It, it gets, you know, on a good day, 17 miles a gallon. It's not bad, <laughs> but it's not, the, it's right. not my wife's 
you know, ionic. That thing is 55 miles a gallon and it smells good. You know, my right. truck don't make me smell as good. Just saying, brother. Well, could be, it could be the beans. It could be the beans. That's right. Uh, the natural gas that you have. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it, there are, as we circle around here too, is what's wrong with being who we are? That's, what's that's wrong it. with being who we are? Why do we have to be pushed to, you know, in the Phillips translation of the Bible, I don't have the Phillips, but I've heard this a lot of times. Why do we let the world push us into their mold? Why do we let people pressure us into being something? That was the whole point of for, for liberty, Christ set us free so that we could be free to be us. Like, mm-hmm. I love that saying, you do you, right? You do you, you do me, I'll do me. Right. That's, that's America, mm-hmm. right? You do you. And this idea that we're going to let the crowd pressure us into being more effeminate or to being more masculine or to whatever. Right. It's like you do you. And and I love that. And I think I think that's coming back. I think that's making a comeback, brother. What do you think? I do. I'm going to switch subjects on here, but this is something that I, I just know from your background as being a Trekkie, you know, uh, and, you know, I love in this sci fi type stuff. Um, did you see the open letter by Elon Musk uh, and the co-founder of Apple and about 150 other tech um, CEOs basically um, warning about the dangers of the artificial intelligence. Um, they're saying, let's take a pause. Let's do a six month pause on any new development on artificial intelligence um, because it's getting out of hand. They said that even this fifth generation now um, is getting to the point where they're, it's actually making them have pause about the jobs it can, it can replace and the you know, the functioning of society, if you will. It sounds like Terminator in some ways, brother, but I figure it's a tech thing. Obviously, God's in control. What do you think? There's, I, I know personally, I'm in real estate, and every company out there is adopting artificial intelligence to help their business. They're raving about it. Agents are picking it up and using it because you can write ad copy quickly. They can um, do a website easily, you know, uh, with just, hey, make this for me. So what do you think? You're a tech guy. You like this. You do media. And, and, you know, what do you think about this, about these people that are sort of at the forefront of tech in the world, if you will, um, cautioning the rest of the community to say, "Let's, let's just slow down a little bit. Let's, let's, let's see where we're at. Yeah. So we actually went down this road back in the early 80s. I don't know if you recall that. You're probably pretty young back then. Um, but there was an invention in the early 80s that um, was really, you know, interesting. And, and it caused a lot of consternation and things like that. And it's called the the drum machine. So we had these drum machines and they would go boom, boom, doop, doop, boom, boom, doop, and they would, you know, and they didn't vary and they were very, they were very machine-like mm-hmm. and there was an entire genre of music around them and everything else. But as with everything, um, you know, the pushback came because, you know, there's just nothing like a real drummer, you know, there's nothing like Stuart Copeland with the police or, you know, yeah, John Bonham or whatever that could just, yeah. you know, I mean, we all want the drum, you know, well, well, we all want the drum solo, right? Because it's a machine can't do that. And so, yeah, in some of these simple copywriting tasks and things like that, that's great. But I don't think an AI is going to write, you know, war and peace, right? It's not going to write Shakespeare. And 
it's not going to paint the Mona Lisa, right? So they're, they, they say they can and all this kind of stuff, but they're still machines. They still, it's still input output, you know, uh, remember Will Smith and, uh, iRobot. It's just clockworks, mm-hmm. man. It's just clock. It's just clocks and gears and boom, boom, boom. And input output, bad input, bad output. Mm-hmm. And there's going to come, they're not able to, um, the human creativity. I mean, it's wonderful that human beings have the creativity that we can create AI, right? And we can accelerate. And what'll happen is that people that are, you know, so there's initial, there's this initial, you know, Elon Musky thing. And um, I think that, you know, ultimately what we'll probably see is we'll probably see a, a Tower of Babel situation where God is going to say that's enough and he'll scramble up the digits and maybe we'll have an EMP and we'll go back to the 1800s or something. Um, I'm but, only laughing because it's possible, right? right. Sure. Right. And, and, um, but there's not, it's not really intelligent. It, it's still programs. It's still algorithms. It's still running things on a machine. It's not a human brain. It's not organic. You know what right. I'm saying? There's no, there's no organic, about AI. So I'm, uh, yeah, I am concerned in that it does accelerate and amplify, uh, things and it can accelerate and amplify evil, obviously. Um, but I also know somebody who's more powerful than that. It's the almighty, the, the great God. So what you're saying in the universe, so, yeah, audience yeah. is it's a tool. It can be used for evil. It can be used for good. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I just, it's, I've seen enough too. And I, I'm like watching it from afar going, okay, is this a tool I can use, not use, stay away from it, whatever. And then you, it does make you go, huh, these are pretty smart people. They've done some pretty cool things. They don't, they're not perfect for any matter. Um, because even this week, as most many uh, conservatives or many libertarian-minded people around the nation have been cheering Elon Musk, hey, for exposing the the, the silencing, uh, the uh, corruption, working with the FBI and the DOJ, and silencing uh, speech. Uh, even this week, we talked started the show off on the transgender, right? The the day of re, uh, revenge or whatever, right? Um, people were posting that and Twitter owned by Elon Musk was taking it down, taking it down. So you're like, okay. So, so there's always limits. Yep. There's and, always, you know, the control is the control, right? And, and uh, you know what they say? Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. That's the old saying. Um, and so, so ultimately that's the benefit of America. And that's the benefit of freedom. You have competing platforms. You have truth, social, frank speech. You have parlor, you have, um, you know, supposedly, and it, when they get in cahoots, then yeah, then that's a real problem. And, you know, Elon was not in the club. Right. So that was, that was it. But maybe this is his way of saying, look, I can play ball too. You know, maybe, maybe you like me. They maybe like you, me. They really like me. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Like who cares? They, they all want to be him. So why should he be like them? You know, uh, I heard it, heard it said, you know, God, um, made all of us an original, but many of us spend our lives trying to be a copy, you know, and not the truth. And why can't we just, why can't we just do we, you know, let's do me, I'll do me, you do you. You I have that. I, I I'm thankful for clothing and I'm thankful for style and all that kind of stuff, but it's really more about, um, you know, I want to look like you know, the Kardashians, or I want to look like, you know, this or that, or I want to be like this. 
And, I am, and that's worship, brother. Yeah, it is. Why, why don't we want to be like Jesus? I'm supremely happy that God only made one Doug Bassler, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the listening audience is probably amening you right now, brother. Why are you insulting me, brother? I'm not insulting you. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> well, it's because you know me, right? I do. And I, I love you. And this is great, you know, but it, they're only one, but there's one you for a reason. Only you can do what you can do. You've been, God's designed a, a certain works for you to do. You've done a lot, but I know there's even more in, in front of you and great things and a huge blessing. Uh, I love it. So, I so know, let me tell you, brother, I, yes. you know, as I'm trying to gracefully get it older, um, I'm uh, I'm playing guitar at church, right? I'm they right. they got me playing lead guitar at church quite a bit, and uh, <laughs> a bass guitar now, yeah, lead guitar. So oh, wow. uh, so right. playing my Telecaster and stuff, you know. And I've been you know I've been playing that guitar a lot since 2020 with street church and all, but um, and it's exciting because it stretches me, right? I know the bass. I played the bass since I was 14 years old. Bass is no issue. I can do it, and I'm great at it. Whatever, I get it. Uh, but I'm just like, it's, there's no challenge there. The guitar is like, Oh, how did he do that little lick? How do I do that chop? How do I do this? So it's, it's caught in it, you know, bass is downbeat guitar is upbeat. So it's a different beat. It's, it's, it's really been exciting and stretchy, but at any rate, I was at, I was at rehearsal last week on a Thursday okay. night. No, was it Thursday? No, it was, a, it was actually Sunday morning. Uh, that everybody come in early, right? We're all in there early. Yeah. And there was a bunch of uh, middle school kids sitting in the front row. And one of them starts like, Doug is cool. Doug is cool. <laughs> Cause I play my, I'm over there, you know, warming up on my guitar. Right. And I plug it in. It made me feel really good, brother. That Cause I, so if cool. I got middle school kids thinking I'm cool. Oh that my God. I'm in, I'm in hog heaven, brother. First of all, you have such a heart for kids anyway, especially young kids, but um, not in the way Biden. I'm talking about kids. You've always had a heart for ministry. I want to see know. these kids be what God made them to be. But the you fact know? that they're calling you cool, that is like the the ultimate brother. I'm and I even cool. asked it. So in the, the ringleaders, this, this uh, young black girl, and I, I go, what was that about? She goes, Doug, we think you're a cool man you play the guitar and you do all this stuff we just think you're cool and i was like i can just go home now and die because my <laughs> life is complete my dad used to say that you, know, you can't see it on radio but he said you would scratch your head way out here your head's gotten that big it, it wasn't a big headed dude it was humbling because i know i ain't cool brother <laughs> I remember back my oldest daughter who is now 40 this is 20 years ago i think she was 19 yeah. I said, you know, I work at car toys. That's I, that, I, I guess that means I'm pretty cool. Right. She goes, dad, car toys is cool, but you're not cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's straight. And he was like all this happy glow. And then this very straight face, but you're not cool. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad to know. My oldest child didn't think I was cool. I think she thinks I'm cool now, especially when I babysit her kids. And even then she looked up to you and all kids look up to their father. And that's why it, it inspires us to be good fathers because you don't want to let them down. Right. Being a dad, it being a dad, isn't about being cool. Being a dad is about being a dad. They, mm -hmm. they weren't looking for a best friend. They were looking for a dad. That's right. right. One of the problems we have right now 
is fathers, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious about, you know, this, this girl, this troubled, you know, mm-hmm. so-called trans person in, in Nashville, you know, what was that, you know, her parents that said she had parents and all that, you know, but I mean, we don't know nothing. We don't know anything. Yeah. And, the manifesto would tell us, yeah, we need to see that. And of course, well, and just, you know, why, right. How can we, help people in that situation not go to those extremes but get the help they need get saved get born again have you know live a good life it's our basic nature we want to know why people do things like this we can't imagine it in our own spirit uh what drove someone to do something like this but i will tell you before i get out too uh, too far off this um your compliment, obviously your, your daughter said you weren't cool none of my kids haven't said i'm cool either so don't don't worry about that but you are very cool but the biggest compliment i think i offhanded by the way brother from my youngest you know my youngest uh gracie she's she's a an athlete a cheerleader and so forth but she was complaining about boys and 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 specifically one boy in college and so forth and she was complaining this and that and she's like um she's i'm gonna end up uh, i'm looking for somebody he goes, well, basically like you, dad. And I was like, she wants to marry somebody like her dad. And I'm like, that's cool. That's a big compliment, you know, because it's like, yeah, okay. Someone that, you know, that um, really cares for, take care of, you know, can, uh, I don't know. I just, I thought it was cool. So that, that should be our inspiration, right? Is to be a father that they would want someone to uh, in their life to emulate. So, or a mother for that matter. And that I don't want them to emulate me. I want them to be the best they can be. I want them to emulate Jesus mm-hmm. and his, his plan for them. And, um, you know, this is a, this is a, an interesting time to be alive. I believe this is the greatest time to be alive. And we talked about this last week, you know, at some length, I believe that we're seeing, something is stirring in America and what we see on the other side is increasingly more desperate, more shrill, more, uh, totalitarian, you know, uh, they're, they're using the lawsuits, they're using, you know, police powers and things like that. You know, there was a big thing about, you know, we need to be more like Australia. We need Ah. to just disarm ourselves and be like Australia. And I don't know if you remember this, but, during the pandemic, Australia had concentration camps for citizens that didn't comply with their unscientific mandates. They had law enforcement actually tackle people by themselves on the beach and arrest them for being out of quarantine, brother. Yeah, it was a, a police state for sure in a democratic country, if you will. I'll tell uh, you, I, and we I ain't going there. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, uh-uh. One more story for you uh, in the show here. Did you see, you know, we've, we've been hearing rumors and rumors that, you know, the Bible talks about that, not just of wars, um, but this, I, this association with Iran, Russia, China, uh, about going away from the American dollar as the oil, the petroleum backed um, source and going to the Chinese yen. Uh, Officials say that if that actually happens, it will devalue the dollar. And of course, our economy will tank worse than it already is. Well, either way, we've got to be prepared. What do you think? Is that ever going to happen? Or you think the U.S. dollar will be strong enough 
to main be the back the oil purchases around the world still. What do you think? I think that we need to vote for Donald Trump in 2024, yes. brother. Um, How about Doug? They, they don't want to. They don't want to go uh, off the U.S. dollar right now because the Chinese yen is a is a disaster. It's a you know. I mean, they're all fiat currencies, and all mm-hmm. fiat currencies, according to Voltaire, will uh, ultimately drop. Uh, will ultimately revert to their true value, which is zero, mm-hmm. including our our dollar. Um, but I think we're going to have revival. I think we're going to see some things. And even if all hell breaks loose uh, and we start living Revelation 13 and so forth, um, God clothes the lilies and God feeds the birds and God takes care of it. And we don't have we're not in that economy. Well, looks like we're out of time. Just remind everybody, you're listening to Doug and Marty versus the world. We have a website. It's DougAndMarty.com. You can go there. You can contact us. You can even listen to past episodes of whenever Marty gets them uploaded. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, the ones uploading later on Doug and Marty versus the world. 